right, well, it's our final week ahead of the Cheltenham Festival. So it is our final Cheltenham Only Better podcast. Please excuse the carnage. I've just moved house and it's a total state. I definitely don't look dapper. However, Daryl Carter is dressed to impress for our final pod. He's got the suit jacket on and everything. Blazer, however you want to say it. Can't believe it. Daryl, someone must have put you in a good mood to have come so well-dressed and smart. I can't believe what we're seeing. I'm um, in my pants underneath this. <laughs> Just <Yeah>. no trousers on. <laughs> no, Zoom um, at four and uh, sort of eat chilling on the sofa at five, one of those sort of vibes. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm excited. I'm excited. We're a week out, just less than a week out to the festival. I'm getting really excited. The final few pre- previews are going out. This is our final chat. I'm excited to hear what you two do the week before a festival, how Jerry finds that Nikki's horses have been working. Um, yeah, I'm really, really buzzing and excited for it. Yeah, that's that's good. Uh, we were actually just talking um, sort of before the pod came on, we were taking the mic because we're saying that I'm going to be sort of thinking about all the two-year-olds now. Daryl's absolutely buzzing about Chatham. I'm delighted that Doncaster's around the corner. Um, but the <laughs> festival is obviously all the chat at the moment, so we, we better stick to the serious stuff, really. Um, Jerry, you must be looking forward to it. We've got lots of exciting horses. You've picked half of Nicky Henderson's horses to, to win by more than eight lengths, I think, so we'll be going through them in a minute. But confidence still high? Yeah, definitely, Megan, for sure. Um, I suppose, like we just touched on beforehand there as well, I think it's just very interesting now. I suppose we're all in kind of tender hooks, wondering what the weather is going to do in the next three or four days, mm. what the ground's going to be like. Um, there's nothing we can do about it. You know, they, they've stopped watering in Chatham. We've had a bit of sleet and snow and rain, a bit of everything. And we just have to take what we get now and just hope every every horse and jockey get there in one piece. I'm delighted to report that in Ditchett, the snow has been minimal, so the horses have continued uh, as per usual, I think other other uh, yards and, and areas are struggling slightly more with the um, sort of weather the last couple of days. But it looks like it should clear fairly quickly. So hopefully it doesn't set anyone back too much. Um, let's start with uh, the, the Tuesday. We're going to go through sort of the, the bigger races and discuss our, our sort of picks that we had previously. Um, and definitely, well, Jerry, we'll, we'll sort of ask you in a minute about what your kind of build up is like. Um, to the festival but like I say we'll start with, with day one the, the main races um, the supreme novices we've had a bit of um, swapping and changing going on Daryl you originally picked Fasal Vega you switched to Illitate Tom um, that was your your twist and uh, Jerry you went Marine Nationale so interesting to hear what you think Daryl let's start with you where do you lie with those two horses at the moment Oh, I don't know. Uh, no, I'm, uh, I'm sort of like in Jerry's camp now with Marine National, really. Oh, um, you can't twist twice. No, no, no. Um, look, I'm glad I twisted from Fasal to Illite Tomps because I do think Illite Tomps has been underestimated, it's particularly in the market. He's around six or seven to one, and that's too big, really. Uh, Fasal Vegas coming for a lot of support lately. People willing to forgive that run at the DRF. Uh, but uh, there's something about this Marine National. He's, he's done everything right. He comes here fresh. I like that angle. I know it's not particularly one the step the stats and trends lads will stick or lads and ladies will stick by, but I think he's got a bit of star quality about him. And uh, yeah, I'm kind of leaning to. I wish I'd have twisted to Marine National to be honest. Now, Jerry, you must be delighted that that was your original pick. Actually, beforehand you said I wouldn't change any of mine. Very smug. <laughs> 
Yeah, to be fair, I think I probably put that in when we when we touched on the Supreme. That was a long time ago now. Well, yeah. It feels a long time ago. Um, the, the one thing I would say, it'll be a massive training feat by Barry Connell if he if he can, you know, win the Supreme with Marie National after a hundred day kind of, you know, absence. And not, like, obviously, the minute he won the last day, the grade one, he said that he was going to go straight to the Supreme. I suppose you have to admire him that he had a plan and he's he's trying to execute. And if I, I think if he does execute it, it's going to be a brilliant training performance by not a rookie trainer, but a trainer that hasn't been training very long, really, you know, well, under mm-hmm. his own name anyway. Um, I do think it was interesting. There's a lot of money this week for Fasal Vega. Like he was out to seven to two, probably this time last week when we were talking about him. Um, and he's into two to one. He's whether he's just done a very good bit of work at home or something like that. There must be some reasoning behind why he shortened up. The Irish are definitely behind him. There's good vibes uh, from a few Cheltenham preview. There's a lot of good vibes coming out of Clan Sutton. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's a brilliant race to get to get the week off to a, a good start. And I, I just at a bigger price. I will just chasing fire of Ali Murphy's. I still think this is a very interesting horse. And at twenty to one, I think he's he's definitely a good each way bet. Not saying he's good enough to win, but is I he just not just a one forty horse, Jeff. I don't know. I just think he's he keeps improving, Daryl. Every time you ask him, he just keeps improving. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying he's going to be, you know. Beating Fasal Vega or anything like that, I don't think he will. But or or Hyde or um, Marie National, but I just think he's a horse that could be in the first three or four. I just there's something about this horse I really really like. Okay. Yeah, interesting. Um, be be interesting to see how that race unfolds. It's always a massive cheer, first day, first race, um, and re- the buzz re- really gets going. Can it be a Willie Mullins um, winning start to the festival, which often does happen? Um, Throughout the Tuesday, we've got some obviously great racing, competitive racing. Um, the Arthur is one we obviously need to touch on. That's another grade one. Myself and Daryl have picked El Fabiolo. I'm pretty sure we're both pretty strong on him. Um, Daryl's been tweeting about him the whole time. Love it. Confidence is high. Jerry, however, went John Bond to win by eight lengths or more, which is madness, in my opinion. <laughs> Jerry, has he still been, you know, showing off and showing all the right signs and blowing you away every morning and come on on Warwick he doesn't win by eight lengths I reckon I reckon Daryl's got a half brother a half sister to El Fabiolo that he's going to be <laughs> selling in the next 12 or 18 months because I've never seen someone jump on a one like on a, on a bandwagon as much as Daryl has with this horse he's just he's upset I, I think he's actually obsessed with this horse but um no John Bond he's, he's in a great place Um he he, we actually schooled a lot of the Cheltenham horses on Monday because we knew this kind of freeze was kind of coming. Or so we kind of decided to do that on Monday, and he schooled very well. Aidan Coleman rode him; he was happy, and he galloped yesterday, and he worked extremely well. So he'll be just ticking over between now and then. But no, he's in good form; he's in good place. And oh, like I said, this like the Tuesday this week is just like of the festival this year. It's you know the strength and depth of all these races is brilliant, but. John Bond for me. I'm not going to. I'm not going to jump ship. Jerry, I was um, I was on. I was working with ITV um at Campton on the Adonis meeting, and Matt Chapman did an interview with Nikki and asked how the horses were. Are they having an away day? He said, "Yep, they'll come." A few of them will come to Campton. John Bond definitely will not go. He doesn't need to. He's done everything he needs to do at home. It could blow his brain. Blah 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 blah. Next thing, all over social media, John Bond dripping with sweat. Probably, I'm not sure whether it was pre or uh, post gala, with Aiden sort of breaking jaw, walking around the parade ring because he's clearly very buzzy, having galloped to Captain. 
What's that all about? Um, He's a bit yeah, worried. I, I think he needs to get him a bit fitter. Yeah, well, and I suppose that was well documented at Warwick as well when he won. You know, I think AP was on on record as saying he thought he looked a bit big in the parade room beforehand. And, you know, John Bon, he is, like I said, we all know he's that sort of a character. But he like he's settled in very much in seven bars now that he doesn't exert himself at home. So that away day did him the world of good. Um, and like you said, like you, you comment, he was sweating. That was beforehand as well, because that's just him. You know, that's yeah. just him as a, as a character. He's done the world of good the way he's jumped in school this week. So, you know, things like that. I think it's you're better off, you know, doing it beforehand than saying, you know, when the horses cross the line, thinking, oh, God, I should have taken should have, yeah. one more. That's, you know, that's these brilliant trainers, you know yourself, Megan, with your dad, like what they've been doing so long. They know these horses individually. You know, everyone goes on about, you know, these big yards, their number game numbers game but with these real good horses they get such individual treatment it's incredible and he's that's a perfect example they change the change their mind beforehand and hopefully it'll be um the right decision and it'll it'll help us on tuesday well um eight lengths is, is brave especially when we've got <laughs> daryl's star pick of the week el fabiolo is going to serve it up to john bond you must still be happy well you are i've seen the tweets you're still happy with your pick you're still confident. You still can't can't have him get beat. I'm I'm in your camp, Daryl, but I love it. Your confidence is so high. Yeah, I I, I love I love him. I think he's. I, I just for me, it's like everybody. I've seen so many pundits and stuff talk about John John Bond this week and, and trying to make a case for him. But the only case they can make for him is that El Fabiolo might jump badly. Like there is no other real case. He can't make his case on his, what he's achieved this season on, on the bare form. The Warwick run was a bit dross last time. Like he's a good horse, but El Fabiolo, when he met him at Aintree, wore a hood. He was injured in transit on the way to the DRF before that. It was the second run of his life. He was hampered twice in the run and he still was only beating the neck. And I know everyone keeps saying, well, he still had him, but that was a five-year-old horse having his second start. He's a huge unit. He's filled into his frame. This year, he looks just a much bigger, stronger animal. He's taken to fences well. He made one mistake at, at Dublin. Um, and he's won the best novice chase we've seen for a long, long time by 10 lengths. Like, this is... The, I genuinely think that this could be... He's the this could be a meeting for you, isn't he? Oh, I, I don't know. I don't know if he is because of because of the promise that John Bond has, obviously. But And you get closer now and, you you, you know... You do get a little oh, bit nervous. No, no, it's not. It's not that. He's, he's the horse that I've got the biggest opinion on. I think on the entire week, and I do think he, on the bare form, I think he should be an even money favourite. You know, I, I, I genuinely do because because he's beaten everything else in the field. You know, it's just John Bond who's had a terrible prep at Warwick, in my opinion. And there's a neck between them last year. I, just, I don't know. Maybe I'm seeing it completely different to everybody else. But I, I think this could this could be a horse in the 170s where I think John Bond's a 160 horse. Oh, my word. Big, yeah. big numbers. Big numbers. It is a big number. And I do. I think that much of him, yeah. I think he's, I think he's that good. Right. Well, we're either going to... One of you is going to be very happy and one of you is going to be absolutely heartbroken <laughs> at the end of the Tuesday. I know that much. Um, right, the, Nicholson, 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 come and beat them all, don't we? <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> you yeah, remember yeah, that? Yeah, we should talk about that. Because, <laughs> Meg, do you remember when you when the very first show, the very start of this, before when we did this first take, you said that you fancy straw fan Jack and the Arkle? <laughs> no, I just... I was picking up horses to discuss. I didn't say I fancied him. I oh, picked up horses oh, okay. For discussion. <laughs> Thorough. Okay, right. no, sorry. Anyway, 
moving on. Uh, the David Mickelson's Mare's Hurdle. Um, again, myself and Daryl have gone Brandy Love. Um, I actually picked two, so I must have gone £10 Brandy Love, £10 Marie's Rock. And Jerry um, has put us off Marie's Rock the whole time and has gone Theatre Glory each way. Um, Jerry, did you pick up the money or pick out the money to supplement Theatre Glory yourself or...? <laughs> I think I think when I put on that bed, I think I actually got thirty threes, didn't I? I must we must check back the previous podcast and check. Yeah, I haven't actually got, got the prices, but yeah, I think yeah because did. she's only ten to one now, so I've got serious value there now. Um, we obviously after kind of the 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 entry stage today, there's there's ten declared, eight eight initial, and Nikki supplemented two of them, two more. So it's got, it's going to be a small field, probably eight nine runners, competitive. I, I'm really looking forward to this race. I know we've talked about, two, well, prior to this one, I've had three brilliant races with the champion hurdle beforehand as well. But I'm really looking forward to this race. I just think it's great to see these quality. Sometimes we talk about these mares races and the quality isn't theirs, or maybe just one horse and the rest of them are playing for places or black type. But this, you, you know, there's so much, so many angles with this. Like, And I feel like, obviously, the, the obvious ones, like Honeysuckle, you know, they're all up there. But just Love Envoy, if this rain mm. does keep coming and it keeps, if the ground does go slow on, on the slow side, she will relish it, you know. And I just see, I'm just looking here, like, and she, there's a bit of money around for her. But I can see her rain, running a huge race. Yeah, the more rain that comes, the better it'll suit her. And it might just inconvenience a few of the others. Like Epitante, it might just test her stamina. You know, over like I know Daryl doesn't think she's going to stay two and a half round Cheltenham, but on soft ground, it's a different scenario as well. Marie's Rock, she's like I just saw an interview today saying that I think Tom Palin's keen to go for this race, whereas Nikki wants to go three miles. Honeysuckle, yeah, it's, it's a brilliant race. Brandy Love, I think, is interesting whether she runs or not. Um, mm. I suppose you would be a bit disappointed her, her run the last day, even though it was her first run in a while. They might have other targets with her as well. Uh, I did hear something that she could go to France for the French champion hurdle later on the season. So I wouldn't be surprised if she bypassed Chatham, um, which would be an interesting angle. Good and job I had £10 on Marie's Rockland and split them. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. But no, I, I think wasn't afraid of the race. Well, why would they, why would they, why would Nicky supplement the glory and Epiton and not move and not move Marie's Rock? That would that's just a bit a bit daft, really, isn't it? To me, unless, unless it's an owner's thing, owners. isn't it? Every yeah, owner wants to have their winner, don't they? And have their chance of okay, a winner. Enough. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And like, like Epitone is still in the champion hurdle as well, Daryl. So that's not written out. You know what I mean? But was it, is that not just a waste of money doing that a week before? Week before that, To me, it just seems mad to pay five grand to supplement a horse for a race that she's not already in if you've got no intention of running in it. Yeah, well, like I, I do think, I, my own personal, I think Epitone will run in the mares. And Theatre Glory is a definite runner. Um but yeah, and Marie's Rock. Then obviously she'll she'll probably step up to three miles. But that's only we're only still surmising. Even even only six. Yeah, even a week out. Madness, yeah. isn't it? And the ground, you know, the weather that's going to have a huge influence on some of those on where they run as well, isn't it? So it'll be interesting yeah. to see how the how the weather fares up. Um, but I mean, it's Brandy Love. If she doesn't run, then Daryl, you, you've you've no no bet in that. Is there anything else you would have picked if she doesn't uh, go? No, by the way, this is not a free bet. I'm just saying. Yeah, no. Nah. <laughs> no, not not really, not in a minute. I think it would be a case of like, like as a punter, you sort of you you can play anti post all you like, but when it gets to this stage, you sort of then need to reassess, and then when it gets to the final decorations, you can reassess again. So it'd be a yeah. case of reassessing on the final field and and looking at it from a completely different perspective. So yeah, sure. Yeah, I'd have no no strong opinion at the minute then. Okay, but an open race that's for sure. And although people are disappointed that you know it's meant other you know some of these mares have gone to 
this race instead of other, everywhere else. I do feel like this is a really competitive race in itself. So I'm looking forward to it nonetheless. Um, the champion hurdles, obviously, our main race on the first day. My pick is a disaster. Napa's Hill, he won't be going. Um, Daryl, you went for Bollinger each way. And I think Jerry has gone for the winning pick here because he twisted mm. from Honeysuckle without Constitution Hill. Obviously, she's not going. And twisted to Constitution Hill to win by eight lengths or more. And to be honest with you, I would definitely be jumping on that bandwagon if, if, if I could. But it's a bit late. Um, so... Yeah, Daryl, Bob Ollinger, each way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's got to be one of the worst worst selections I think I've ever had uh, there was a point though actually in like in uh, December I think it was before he bombed out again where he was cut into like 16 to 1 because he was 40 to 1 when I put that up each way uh, but that, yeah that's just there's no excuse for that really that was an absolute shocker and, and shout, shout out to Ryan McHugh who was on that day as well because he, he put up state man without constitution here yeah. and that would be very very short odds now if he was to take that but absolutely and Jerry I don't think you'll have much to say other than what a good choice. Good job. Good twisting. Yeah, definitely. And just regarding Constitution, he same thing now. He's school Monday, um, which he, like he hadn't actually left the ground since he won at um, Kempton at Christmas. He hadn't actually schooled in between. He was brilliant. And he he did his last proper bit yesterday as well. And, you know, no, he's all good, ready to go. And he said it'll be kind of um, a few sleepless nights now, I suppose, just making sure they all get there. But yeah, no, he's... Ready to They'll all be in bubble wrap between now and uh, the, the day that they're running. Um, yeah. Hope I just, you know, we hope that every horse gets their absolutely A1 now. Um, our day one guest uh, when we went through all the races was Dan Barber and his uh, pick was Happy Go Lucky to win the Ultima. Um, so that's mm-hmm. obviously a handicap. I was just wondering if either of you two have um, sort of a handicap pick for the day. Not We're not going to go through all the handicaps because we'll be here forever, but if you had one handicap on on the first day that either of you are particularly strong on something or or not too not too strong not too strong for me can i give you my best handicap bet of the entire week whoa 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 or am i what getting ahead of the on? game here i'm excited can i yeah no which day which day friday oh whoa we're only on tuesday slow down Okay. You can have that in a bit. Daryl <laughs> can't wait to give his best bet of the of the, uh, of the week away. Um, Jerry, any handicap for day one for you? No, 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 and probably not as strong view as it has with some of the other handicaps uh, okay. later on in the week. Right. So that's that's day one. Um, sort of covers. Um, like you say, Ryan McHugh, State Man without Constitution Hill. That was um, that was a, a pretty good one. Um, and be interesting to see how Dan Barber gets on with Happy Go Lucky in the Ultima. Um, Day two, the Wednesday. So we'll start with... How is Hermes Allen? The Ballymore. Yeah, <laughs> Hermes <laughs> Allen. Yeah, he's in great form. Um, again, they, they're all kind of doing their, like, sort of final bits of work. To be honest, his final piece of work will probably be on Saturday. Um, but schooling in great form he looks incredible it's such a shame that it's gone cold again because the horses have just started to like look like their summer coats coming through and looking incredible and so this cold weather doesn't always help because then they don't know whether they're coming or going with the weather but the horses are, are really looking well and um i'm delighted i, I picked homies allen i'm strong on him i think he's dad's best chance of a winner of the week so mm. that's where i am um you guys jerry you picked on in the pocket, 
This happened last time. Yeah, it did happen last time. In the pocket. Why? I, you are on in the pocket, in the battle. <laughs> um, this literally happened last time. That's my fault for reading it off the sheet. And, Daryl, you twisted from Grangeclare... Oh, my word. Grangeclare West to Imperi... Imperi Huss in the Ballymore. <laughs> Imperia Pass, yeah. Um, big, What's big talking horses. The, the info sheet. I was thinking, who's that? Yeah, <laughs> yeah he's not even into it. It would have been as bad as Bob Ollinger if that was his true name. Uh, yeah, this this has been a big, big talking horse in the preview notes. Um, uh, yeah, he, he, he could be anything, obviously. He's got to prove his, uh, prove his stamina, but... Um, he's looked pretty exceptional in, in, in his couple of starts. It's particularly, actually, if you go back and watch his run in France on the flat where he quickened away in the style of a good horse. Um, yeah, there's, there's there's tons more to come from Imperi Pass. I'm quite looking forward to watching him. And Jerry? Yeah, I'm going to stick with in the pocket, like especially each way prices. I, I think, you know, he, he's, he's definitely 16 to 1. He's a good each way price. But I, I'm the more I look at this race, I agree with Daryl Imperi Pass as well. I'm, I'm, I've liked this horse since the first day. I can remember we actually won the podcast we were doing here. I was actually looking over my shoulder because he won his maiden hurdle. And just since then, I've just really liked this horse. And, you know, he's still unexposed to a point as well. He has to step up in class. But I think he's the horse. I think he's one of the horses of the festival now that we could be coming away thinking, you know, looking forward, really looking forward to next year, what he could do over a fence. I think he's... I agree. You know, he's just... I think he could be the best novice hurdler running. Yeah, it's probably a fair point. And 94 could be a gift there. Mm. <laughs> Get stuck in. Love it. Um, okay, Brown Advisory. Um, Daryl, you've gone Manila Kakuna and Jerry, you've gone Jerry Colomb. Obviously, we were discussing more recently. We weren't sure if he was going to end up coming to Chatham or not. Jerry, with yours. Yeah, I think I think this is... I'm not going to say he's a banker to meeting. I don't want to get that. But I do think if Jerry, well, as far as I know, he's coming here now, isn't he? It sounds as if yeah. he is. But there was just yeah. after sundown, it was very much he, he might not be. But now yeah. I feel like he. Yeah, and it was. I, but there was, was talk. Like, yeah, and I did hear some like there last week. You no, know, Gordon was saying he would re, he really wanted to run him in the in the national hunt chase, but the owners were keen to go this trip. Bear in mind, he's still not like he's he's still only a seven year old young horse, and you know he can step up in next in trip next year, or whatever. But yeah, Jerry Colomb for me, I think he's I think he fifteen to eight. I think he's a great bet, and if you're if you're doing your kind of accumulators a week out, he has to be top of the list. Um, he's just solid. He just keeps improving, and he's small but under the radar. He's done nothing wrong, but maybe because he's not very flash. And like the last day at Sandown, like Nico kicked off the bend, and for for a few seconds, this lad looked a bit flat footed and a bit you know, but he just the minute he, he got into gear and Jordan Gainford got stuck in, well, gave him a squeeze, really. He didn't even get stuck into him. He just picked up and he hit the line strong. I think the further he goes, the better he goes. And I can see exactly mm. why they go three miles at him. Um, and like the likes of Balco Coastal, who followed him home the last day, he's going back to the Turners. He's going to stay over two and a half. But Jerry Colomb, for me, I think he's he's one of the bankers at a meeting for me. And um, Daryl Manella Kukuna. Yeah, he's in the bin with your Bally, Bally Griffin cottage, isn't he? Um, he? He's not running he's injured early in the season. I don't know what happened at this period of time, but I have had a shocker here. Look, Manella Kakuna, Grange Clare West. So, yeah, but um, have you got a replacement for him? Uh, look, the market's been very lukewarm on Jerry Colomb for a long time. And for a horse to have gone unbeaten in seven or eight starts, I think it's very strange. Um, yeah. He was outpaced twice at Sandown. Um, and I think going up to three miles is going to suit him, but I just don't think he's that quick. We're talking about Irish national swim down the line and yeah. sort of see why he's sort of a bit of a plodder. 
Um, he's yet to go left out. Uh, there's enough question marks for me about him, but then again, the field is not that deep, so it's very difficult to have a confident opinion on. You, you'd be kicking yourself, I suppose, if he went off at something like two to one and and he won very easily. Um, but then again, if you if you go and back him at seven to four, and he and he's it turns out he's not that great, then you'd say that the market's been telling you this all year. So. No, I've, uh, I I think Time Hill's got an each way chance. I think um, I think he'd be. I'd be surprised if Time Hill's out of the first three. Okay, I think it's a, it's going to be a small field by the looks of things um, in the brand advisory once again. Um, we haven't actually got down our champion chase picks, so I don't know if you guys can remember. Um, I certainly that I I kind of a couple of opinions in this race. I actually was at Dan Skelton's. Um, was it last week and got to ride Nubi Negra. Now, he's not going to want the snow. He's not going to want the rain. But you might think I'm totally bonkers. If the ground came up quick, he will run well. I'm not saying he'll win, but he would, will not be a million miles away. I think they felt after Kempton, he wasn't 100%. And he is bouncing. He looks incredible. He's come in his coat. And if the ground came up quick, which it has to be, he would be a big each way price. Yeah, he loves the track as well, doesn't he? Loves the track, but he just, if it's soft waste time, it just needs to be on yeah. the quicker side. Um, but interested to know what you guys are thinking because it's a race that certainly has opened up throughout the last couple of months. Daryl, let's start with you. Where are you heading? I actually don't remember which we picked for the champion chase because it was a long time ago. But Daryl, where would you be heading now? Edward Stone for me. Um, okay. I think he's, I think he was the one to take out of that Clarence house. I thought he, he was giving a little bit too much to do. I don't think he'd be ridden that far up back i think there's so much pace in the race that it was set up nicely for him i just think he's quicker than an ergamine in all honesty um and uh yeah i think i think he'll take take the beating um i've been speaking to someone a, a bloke i kind of do a bit of work with as well and he, he quite fancies uh your grenadine to, to run into a place here um yeah i've always kind of thought grenadine's probably like a two and a half miler to, for me you know he, he can hit sort of I don't know, just when they land inside of his fences, sometimes he's not as quick as those sharp two milers. He's but, a bit like a little log in a way. Yeah, but the way this will this will shape up, I think I'm probably right in saying that Harry might drop him in and he could definitely run into a place and he's a he's a big price at 33 to 1. Yeah, I don't I don't think you're wrong. They feel like he'll certainly step forward from Newbury and run better, stiffer truck, like you say, a better gallop. Um he ran bad at Newbury at that time of year previously and mm. then bounced back. So, but yeah, and like last year, he went over to um, the DRF and ran shocking um, and bounced back. So maybe it's just not quite his time of year. Maybe after a bit of a break and his flu jab, he takes a run. I'm not too sure, yeah. but I wouldn't be surprised to see him run back and run into a place, but it's open. Um, Jerry, where is your um, sort of position on the champion chase now? Um. Yeah, I, I'm going to agree with Daryl. I'm going to I, if if you made me have a bet in the race, I'd be backing Edward Stone. Um, I think he's the best. Well, an argument. He's just interesting because it was actually they were showing replays of when he won at the, at the festival last year. I remember, like he won on obviously on the Wednesday when, when after, there was an absolute deluge of rain. Yeah, I think he's kind of an interesting horse again. I think he could have a stronger chance if we do have rain next week. Yeah, I agree. A real test. 
And not saying Edwardstone doesn't want, like, doesn't go on soft ground, but I think an Orgmeen just relishes soft ground. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it will just slow the race down a small bit. And his jumping was a small bit iffy the last day. So I just think that would help him a small bit. And I think they'll ride him a bit differently. You remember mm-hmm. too last year, you know, Paul Townend wanted to follow Nico everywhere on um, Shishkin. Shishkin wasn't going a yard, so he had to change tactics very early on. So I just think they'll have a dip, bit of a different game plan with him next In, in what respect? What do you think they'll do? Be more positive? Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised okay. if he jumping. But I know you've got Edgar de Geef there as well, but he'll line, probably line up with him and he won't take him on, obviously. But I think he'll, yeah. he won't give him too much rope, room. Give him a bit of, like, he won't give him too much rope, but he will give him a bit of room. But I Yeah, no one's going to give him a soft lead now, are they? Yeah, and especially as last day, I think they probably thought he was going to come back to him and he didn't. And I just think at a big price, if there's eight runners, I think Venetia's horse, Funnable de Savola, or Savola, I think he was second in the race last year. He could pick up the pieces again, especially if there's a bit of a bit of a speed duel early. Um, yeah, I think him at 40 to 1, if there's eight runners, he's a good each way bet to be second or third. We've all gone different each way. So um, unfortunately, mm. we're not all going to be right. We're not all going to be in each way money. But <laughs> I think we're all depend- wanting sort of different grounds with our each way picks there. So it'll be interesting to see how the ground sort of turns up. Um, Richard Hoyles, who was our Wednesday guest, was his pick of the Wednesday was Gallardo Men- Men- I can't even speak. Gallardo I don't know what's even going on. <laughs> anyway, yeah, to win the brand advisory. That was his pick um, of the Wednesday. Um, okay, Thursday, we've got, uh, let's start with the Turners. Um, I went Appreciate It, and um, Daryl, you went Mighty Potter. Jerry, I believe you twisted to Mighty Potter, potentially. Um, and Kevin Blake went Mighty Potter. So three against one here. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. Oh. I think he's. Go on, Darryl, what do you think? I think he's got a massive chance, Meg. I do. Like I said before, the way he cleared away at the DRF was really, really impressive. Look, I know he's got that disappointing run at Sheldon last year and there, but I think he's. I think he's one of like three horses really. If he if he jumps around, he he, he can just win. Shishkin and, and El Fabiolo being the other two, in my opinion. But <laughs> I think he's. I think he's top class. I think we'll see him in the Gold Cup next year. He's very, very exciting. He's improving. He, you know, you could see the immaturity in him when he runs, still even now to an extent. So <clears throat> fingers crossed that the, the occasion doesn't get to him. Um, see how he is going down to the start. But, oh, yeah, yeah, I think he's got a fantastic chance, as the market would suggest now. Has, has we said where Appreciate is definitely going, or are we still Willie Mullins' finger? No, he's, he's he's out of the arc. He's not he's not in the arc anymore. Anyway, right, so, so he must be going to us. Yeah. Well, He's listening, Megan. He's listening. I'm sticking with it. I can't twist anyway, but... Jerry, there's so much to listen to. And as we said, I've got two-year-olds on my mind as well. Do you know what I mean? There's a lot of previews I'm trying to catch up with. Um, Yeah, you must be happy that you've gone with... I'm not sure if you twisted or not to Mighty Potter, um, but are you on a similar sort of opinion to to Daryl with his chances? Yeah, Mighty Potter wins and Balco Coastal finishes second. Okay, I like it. I like that. 16 to 1. This is my each way of the week, definitely. This horse is flying. He's come forward from Sandown. He's in great form. I think this horse, he's, I don't even beat the favourite, but I definitely think he'll be in the frame. I think. Would six, he prefer it if there's rain? Uh, he's probably better horse on genuine good to soft ground. I don't think okay. he wants to bog, kind of, you know, but this horse has definitely come forward for his run at, at Sandown. Uh, loves the trip. 
won't mind the track, jumps fences for fun. I like this. I think this lad's got a great each way chance for sure. Like we were kind of toying whether to run the grade one here or whether to go in the handicap, and you know he's probably not well handicapped off 151 or 152 something mm. like that. So yeah, he's going to run here, take his chance. Like I said, the favorite is short. He's the best horse in the race, I think. But the race is going to cut up a small bit, isn't it? You know. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think he's definitely entitled title to take a chance here, and I think if you can back him at sixteen, to be in the first three. Get on. <laughs> Love it. We've got loads of confidence in you two today. Um, I'm hoping we'll have confidence uh, with the next horse we're going to discuss because all three of us have gone shist in for the Ryanair. Jerry, you've gone more than eight lengths. I twisted from Blue Lord to Shiskin by more than five. And Daryl, you stuck with Shiskin from the start. So I imagine, Daryl, you've probably got the best price. Um, Jerry, how is he? Is he as well as he was ahead of Ascot last time? Yeah, all good. He's in great shape. He's come out of the race very well too, which is important. Um, but yeah, like and people still forget, he's still a lightly raced horse. You know, it's, there's still an awful lot of mileage left in this horse. And, you know, obviously, I don't think in the conversation of whether he was going for the Gold Cup or the Ryanair, it, it wasn't a very long conversation, I'd say, I imagine, between Nicky and the owners. The decision was nearly made probably once he pulled up mm. um, at Ascot the last day. Well, not pulled up, but when he, when he, you know, when he came back into the winner's enclosure. Uh, but no, he's in great form. He'll actually probably work tomorrow. Um, you know, he's in great order. And yeah, no, it's... Yeah, four to five, he's short, but I suppose it's his race to lose, really, isn't it, looking at the race? Mm. Has he worked alongside Constitutional, Jerry? No, and you you wouldn't, Dar, because Shishkin, even though he did what he did over two miles for very long, he's actually a horse. You actually have to downgrade his work partners because he is anything but flash at home. Really? Sometimes you'd have to work him now, especially early on the season when he's actually only getting, starting to get fit. You know, he does improve. The fitter he gets, the better he gets in bits of work. But if you start off the start of the season, if you put him at a, another, like, say, Balco Coastal or something like that, Balco Coastal would finish 20 lengths clear. This lad is not flashed. Something, you'd have to work him 115 horse, maybe, 100, even 120 just tops, just because he's not flashing. That's probably another reason why, you know, his stepping up and trip has been such kind of, like, staring us in the face, really, for so long. Uh, but no, he he wouldn't, you wouldn't even dream of putting them in the same group. Is he a confidence horse as well then, is he? Part yeah, of that prob- yeah, probably. And I suppose especially like last year, if he was feeling something this time last year at the festival, and the ground went as well, we'd so much rain on the Wednesday. But And then at the start too, you know, a few of the Irish horses came in on top from early, you know, it was probably a bit of team tactics. And yeah, I agree, he probably is a confidence horse and his confidence high at the moment. So yeah. And people, like the other thing is sometimes annoying, some people going about how bad he ran the Tingle Creek this year. But if you actually watch that race back again, he's just, he was in top gear the whole way around. Mm. Um, it was a nice kind of prep to what he did at Ascot the last day but no he's in great form and like we touched on I think it's his race to lose next Wednesday it's interesting um, because a lot of top top class horses aren't that flashy at home you'd be surprised like even some of the you know you get the odd ones who are amazing workhorses as well but I know that dad would prefer a horse that doesn't show much at home does it all on the track you know sort of Sylvaniaco Conti Neptune Colange, just this is an example out from from Dad's big bucks even. That's I interesting because like they just pun- don't even. Yeah, because punters all want to hear about what how how well a horse is working at yeah. home, etc. Don't they? So that, that's that's quite interesting to hear that. That's actually. where I think what what comes in massively there is you know your work riders that really know the horses very well and the grooms know them so well and notice things you know if they feel a bit off or flat or whatever because 
you know, I could I could have gone on Neptune Colange and been like, oh, this is so slow. But the girl that rides him every day is like, that's just him. He feels great in himself. You know, I think he's going to run a big race. That's where the staff are so important and play mm. such a massive role in knowing their horses. Um, because a lot of the time, the champions aren't always flashy work horses. And, you know, you get like Constitution Hill, clearly he's a, he's got bundles of speed and bundles of ability, but they're not all like that. Plenty of them, mm. are the best ones at home, are laid back. And I suppose that's sometimes why they're so good. Interesting. But interesting that um, Shiskin is, is that way inclined. Um, but from the impression I get with Constitution Hill, though, is that until you ask him anything, he just sort of lobs along it as well. Is that right? Yeah, he'd in a bit of work, he'd happily stay. If he, if he was on a horse's tail, he'd stay there for three miles if you want him to. But it's just, mm. like you said, when you just angle out and ask him to go change gears fraction, he knows he knows the score then. But yeah, like I said, he'd he'd be happy he'd happily follow horse all day every day, you know. So like that laid back characteristic is sometimes, you know, massive and a big difference in between a champion and a very good horse. You know that if they are laid back. But they have that natural ability, then you know. Yeah, and I suppose it helps with prelims, with the prelims and stuff like like the, mm-hmm. like the crowd they're gonna they're gonna see next week, for example. Um, I suppose a horse that doesn't do too much at home is so relaxed. You know, it's probably a positive for for a Cheltenham festival or so. Yeah, they obviously get to the races and they they perk up and they know the job then. But you know, like John Bond as an example, like Jerry said, is growing up. But as a young horse, it's probably been tricky to train because he's highly strong. So therefore, they're already doing a lot. You know, they're keeping themselves fit. So you have to be careful not to do too much with them. And, and so. so there's a balance. But that's why, for example, Nikki, Dad, Stan Skelton, Fergal O'Brien, you know, the list goes on, Willie Mullins, whatever. That's why they're so good is because they know how to really balance each horse and treat them as different individuals. Because they are totally, every horse is very different. Um, right, we better finish Thursday um the last race we wanted to just look at was the stairs hurdle another horse that is extremely laid back falls into that category is Paisley Park I know he's got his quirks but he's certainly not not in a hurry most of the time um I picked Paisley Daryl you went £10 Paisley £10 Sada Burley um and Jerry we obviously know that you went Marie's Rock but we're not sure if she's going to be going there or to the mares um Daryl what would you be thinking Sada Burley um I, I don't know if you went to about a £10 win and paid you £10 win or if we did sire each way. Uh, I can't quite remember, but he is an each way play. He's still in the market now. He hasn't gone to the Potemps where Ron thought he would go to. I still think he's far too big. I think he's 66 to 1. Um, I still think that's far too big. I think he's got a, an each way play. And I think the live, I think the, the win part of the bet is still live because it's it's a very strange market this day as hurdle. But uh, yeah, in terms of Paisley Park, <sighs> Just as the season's gone on, I've kind of gone off him quite a bit, thinking he's probably not the force of old, if you, if you like. And yeah, he's 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 not for me at the moment. I'd prefer the backside of Burley at sixty six than I would Paisley Park at fourteen. Yeah, fair enough. I think we had Paisley Park at about four to one, not fourteen. So we we got the bad price if you look at it that way. Um, <laughs> and Jerry, you want Marie's Rock to run here, but we're not sure still where she can go. Yeah, and I think the weather is going to be very important with this race in particular because yeah. if it comes up proper soft testing ground, Marie's Rock might have already switched to the mare's race and mm-hmm. it brings the chance of Tiupu to the fore, I think. I think like the softer, the slower the ground for him, the better. 
Um, so yeah, I think this race is definitely one that we have on weather watch for sure. And like he's flooring port, and I suppose Blazing Cali's been in the, the headlines yesterday and again today or whatever, saying Charles Byrne has issued you know a warning that you know the horse it'll be kind of on a kind of well, relaxed. Do you a bit believe more. it? Do you believe that? this week? And um, <laughs> I did see that. I don't know. Someone tried to tweet a picture of the cut that apparently sustained uh, <laughs> last day, but I don't know. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Um, but like I said, he was impressive the last day coming from a long layoff. Um, I, I wouldn't be siding with him at the moment, especially at the top of the market. And no, I'm still happy with my Marie's, not, Marie's rock docket. I'm not going to I'm not going to rip that one up just yet. Okay, well, we'll 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 see what happens with with weather watch and Willie Mullins bingo. They're the two things we need to watch out for most next week, I think. Um, day three, our Thursday guest was Tom Malone. His pick of the Thursday was Manella Kruna in the Kim Mule. Um, did either of you, Daryl? We'll start with you quickly. Have a Wednesday or a Thursday handicap um, sort of bet or mention that you want to throw in. Uh, Thursday is so Scottish day, isn't it? In the in, in the plate. Um, yeah, I think that's going to take a, a while to beat and bought by JP Manus not long ago. Um, mm-hmm. Great form with Boot Hill, been crying out to go back up two and a half miles. Um, I think he's very, very well handicapped. Even though the handicap had chucked him another couple of pounds for no reason whatsoever. He doesn't run. Like, madness. Not even collateral form either. Madness. Well, but that's the trainer's him. worst nightmare. Going up, getting put up in the handicap when they're still stood in the stable. But anyway. Yeah, well, he ran three pounds out of the handicap when he was behind Boot Hill. Went, I think he went up five and then hasn't run since. And then has been put up another three. So, mm-hmm. look, I think he's got loads of So, yeah. Okay. And Jerry, a Wednesday or a Thursday handicap that you want to um, to? I'm going to go for one in the in the Potemps, a horse and Nicky's owned by the Albatross Club called Captain Morgs. This horse, he's he keeps a bit back for himself, but sometimes that's what you want in these kind of big field handicaps. He'll have cheap pieces back on. I don't know what sort of price he is. He's definitely double figures. I'd imagine he's about 12, 14 to 1. But I just think if you can get him to be in the first four or five, wouldn't be a bad bet. He's um, He's been laid out for this race. This I asked you about him a couple of weeks ago on this podcast, and you, you were quite excited about him, so he must be working really well then. <laughs> yeah, and he's one of those, Daryl, even in a bit of work, he can work well and he'll still... Like if you're stood like the other day now he worked around right? like we we're stood at the top of the gallop and he worked really well and then he saw us stood at the side of the gallop he pricked his ears and kind of shied away from us he's he's one of, he just he does hold plenty back for himself but I I just think you know he's a very very talented horse and if he really puts it in on the day with cheap pieces back on I think this horse is a big big each way shout in in the pretemps like I said he's been trained for the race this has been his target a long way out so yeah I think yeah I'm kind of looking forward to this lad running. Um, a horse I actually rode at Dan Skelton's as well was Midnight River, um, who wouldn't be without an each way chance in the plate. He absolutely loves Cheltenham. He's in great form as well. Um, I think they wouldn't be afraid of a bit of rain. So we've got two horses that I've ridden. Nuba Negro wants it quick. Then they want it to absolutely pour down Wednesday night and be nice and, and soft, a bit of juice in the ground for a Midnight River. But um, he wouldn't be without an each way chance, that is for sure. And I think we'd see a pretty cool celebration because Harry Skelton adores this horse, as we all well know. Um, okay, right. So final day, the Friday, we'll flip through three of the races here. The Triumph Hurdle, um, Blood Destiny to win for myself. Daryl, you went £10 Blood Destiny, £10 Jupiter to Gite. Whoops. Um, and uh, Jerry, you went Blood Destiny. So all of us are kind of on the same uh horse here and clearly all sort of agree to an extent do we think Paul Townend is going to run 
ride blood destiny? I think that's the big question, Jerry. I, I yeah, like I commented last week. I I think he does. Yeah. Um, I think he does. I think it'd be very very hard to get off him. Um, I know he still has to step up in grade, but yeah, I love. I yeah, uh, it's just the horse that we've kind of talked about in in depth really over the last kind of month or six weeks. I just think he's yeah, I think he's a very good horse, and along with Impera Pass, I think this could be a horse that we'll be maybe talk about on the Saturday after Cheltenham. I think this horse is, um, yeah, I really like this lad's chances, and I I do think it'd be very hard for Paul to get off. Mm, yeah, I hope Paul rides this horse as well. To be honest, um, and I think Daryl, you're going to be um the same thoughts of that. You you love Blood Destiny, don't you? Yeah, I love him. Um, I want him to win for the for the anti-post column I've been doing since October, really. He went up 33 to 1, and like, that'd be a good buzz to give give people a 33 to 1 winner about a horse they'd never <laughs> ran in Ireland or Britain before. Um, but yeah, I, I like him a lot. Um, I think Mayors have got a poor record. So look, I don't know if he will ride him because I think he might feel he'd have a bit to prove of lossy mouth last time at DRF, maybe. But at Cheltenham, I don't think you do it for trying to prove a point, though. No. Or, you know, I don't know. At Cheltenham, you'll go. For Paul, I do, I look. It's hard. None of us really know. Yeah. But you know, and we can ask Jerry from a, a jockey's point of view. But like, you're not you're not going to chat and thinking, oh, you know, I've got to make amends here. You're going to chat and thinking, I want to ride what the best chance is. Mm. Right. She's a Grade One winner, though, isn't she? Yeah, and it'll, it'll be very interesting because there'll be there'll be a very good spare up for grabs, really. Because yeah. I'd imagine Danny way. Mullen, yeah, Dally Mullins would probably stick with Gala Macaroo, whatever. But yeah, <laughs> be, Macaroo, Macaroon. <laughs> My French is nearly as bad as Megan's. <laughs> well, half of it has been, you know, the, the typos. Like, sorry, okay. I shouldn't be blaming. Paul Lauren behind the desk there, who does um, an incredible job putting putting all of this info together for us and reminding us of our terrible tips. Um, but yeah, I mean, French is not my strong point either. Um, Jupiter to guides, Daryl. Yeah, look, I know, I know. He, like, he, like that wasn't obviously his true running at Cheltenham when he just pulled the arms off Jamie Moore and just went off like a bullet from a gun. But I don't think he's going to be running. Um, yeah. He was more of sort of just a, a cover at the time. I thought that if if something did have a bit of quality at a massive price, then you know it could be him. Given how um, he sort of blew people away at Newbury, so yeah, it was just a bit of a chancy bet. To be fair, apologies. <laughs> <laughs> and to be fair, the only person who's happy is literally Jerry. Because between me and you, I think more non-runners than anything else. <laughs> yeah, Either they're Jerry's not going or they're terrible tips. So anyway. <laughs> Hey-ho. Um, you never know. They could turn into a very good tip. It'll be interesting to see who actually wins at the end after they've all ran and who who is the champion of our Cheltenham sort of tipping panel. Um, the Albert Bartlett. Now, I actually am pleased with mine. I went to stay away fate each way. He was a massive prize when we picked him. Still think he could run a massive race. Um, you guys both twisted in this race. Daryl, you were good land. You twisted to £10 Hidden Valley Lake and £10 uh, Cord- Corbin Cross, which means you definitely don't know which way you want to go. And Jerry, you've gone from We've All Been Caught and you've gone two absolute notions. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And I know Daryl kind of commented last year that I kind of lost faith very quickly and We've All Been Caught. <laughs> and the slower ground will probably suit him. I think it's probably a bit lively from the last day. At- at uh, Leopardstown but no I do I do like I think there's two horses I really like here it's Absolute Notions and Three Card Brag and I suppose the main reason I like to do them is that they're both unexposed over three miles and I just like that angle I just think there could be more improvement there and they're two 
two very progressive horses, as are plenty of other horses in the race. But I just think there's a little angle there that they could just they could improve again. And um, you know, I just yeah, I'd be definitely siding with absolute notions and three card brag is each way kind of prices. And and Daryl, your split decision. Yeah, if you had to push me, it'd be Corbett's cross. Just think okay. he's got the two mile speed that you want in an Albert Bartlett over three miles. Okay, interesting. So you've got you've gone the two, but if you're if we're pushing you, Corbin Cross. Yeah. Um right, big one of the week, the gold cup. Uh I went protector at each way. I think he could bounce back a bit from his last run, and I still would be happy enough with his each way chances, especially if there's rain. Um, Daryl, you've gone Statler to win, and Jerry, you've gone Noble Yates each way. Um, Daryl, let's start with you, Statler. Yeah, he's too slow, isn't he? He was too slow at the DRF. I know they didn't go no pace. <laughs> I know they didn't go no pace at the, at the DRF, but he was he was sort of on on that sharp end of the pace, and you kind of think, well, why why not make more use of him, you know? And I know he's prepping for a Gold Cup. Look, he's got a good each way chance, but I don't think he'll be beating a Gallop and Deschamps or a Brave Man's Game. So. Um, two horses with a, with a bit of a turn of foot. So, yeah, I'd gallop into shots for me. And um, Jerry, Noble Yates? Yeah, I think, and I suppose especially, the, you know, by Friday, if this rain comes again, turns into real stamina test, I think it'll suit him. Um, he's an each way price, but it's gallop into shops race to lose, a bit like Shishkin um, in the Ryanair. I think, you know, gallop into shops, it's his race to lose. I, I'm not worried about stamina. I think he'll stay. Don't get me wrong. I don't think he wants it being a proper bog and three miles two and a real test of stamina. Like, you know, extremes. That's where I think Stackler and Noble Yates will probably excel. But I think gallop into shops, it's his race to lose. I think Brave Man's game, I think it'd be good for the English, you know, if, if he put up a, a, a good performance and to kind of, you know, I take a step forward from his Kempton run as well. Um, you know, and people are obviously, I know there's a preview there and people are saying, oh, you know, he has to go on a flat track and all this. And I just, you know, I just, I just think he just wants to prove that that's, I don't believe that at all, but I just think he just wants to kind of take that away from this time next year when people are doing previews and they can, they don't, they can't use that line anymore because you kind of mm. like, you know, at this stage, you kind of get sick of people kind of making, you know, not bad cases, but reasons why horses get beaten. I just can't have that one. But yeah, I hope he runs a big race. But I just for me, I think Gallop in the Champ wins the Gold Cup. I'm really, really hoping more than anything that we just have nice, good soft rounds, no extremes either way. Yeah. And then, you know, fair for it's fair in love and war. Do you know what I mean? Well, I, we, don't, we don't want this heavy rubbish, please. <laughs> but looking outside, it looks like you've got to pour down with rain again. So here. Um, our day four guest was Brendan Duke, and he went £10 Magic Days in the Mare's Chase and £10 Gin Coco in the County Hurdle, who he was pretty strong on. I think, actually, Magic Days was his pick of the week. Um, on handicaps, Daryl, come on. Yeah. Your Friday pick of the day. Sharjah in the County Hurdle. If this horse runs in the county hurdle, my goodness me, it'd take a hell of a lot of beating. It's last, um, it's last time he ran in the handicap was in 2018 when he won the Galway hurdle, right? He's been in grade one company and a grade three last time. I think the Irish, the English handicap are leaving him on his Irish mark of 155, which was dropped three pounds for his grade three uh, second the other day. Um, I think he's very, very generous. Uh, he loves Cheltenham. I think he'll appreciate the new course. He loved the extra furlong. He was second in the last two champion hurdles. I think he's going to get good ground, hopefully, on the Friday, which is what he relishes. It was heavy at Goran in a small field. I think this big field, strong pace will suit him. 
I don't see any standout novices that, you know, like a, you know, we could call it the state man sort of factor, like from last year. I don't see any of those in here. I think um, Willie did this in 2017 with Arctic Fire, uh, who finished the second and champion hurdle year four, brought him to the county hurdle. I was a bit frustrated this morning that Willie left Sharjah in the in the champion hurdle, but I'm hoping that's just sort of like precautionary. Um, but I think off one five five, I think he'll take. A, I think he's a. I think he's excellent value at the price. He's about twelve to one. I think he can get, and that is just ridiculous. Graded horse running in a handicap. Literally, he's ten now. He's always been a bridesmaid, but this is his time to to finally. Mm-hmm. Get that Cheltenham Festival victory. And is he your bet of the week? In handicap, yeah, he'd be the bet of the week in handicap. It's just, okay. it's just an excellent price. He's unbelievable. And what about the grade grade ones? Come on, let's let's have your bet of the week at the championship races. I think. I mean, look, if you want to just win money, if you just want to win money, you don't care about the price. You know, Shishkin, I think, is 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 a, is a good thing, but um, I, I think. Uh, it's still short price, but I think Mighty Potter is a potential okay. Gold Cup candidate for next year. And Jerry, what about you? Your your bet of the week? Um, I suppose the graded one. I'm going to say I think well, ones that are odds against. You know, it's easy to give you you know your uh, your um, Constitution Hill and stuff like that. But I'm going to go with Jerry Colom for the Brown Advisory. And I do think Balco Coastal each way in the Turners. I just, I'm very strong on him each way. And then in the handicaps, just one I've touched on before as well, is just no ordinary Joe. Um, not decided where he goes. He's still in the county, the Coral and the boys race. Um, I, you know, if it was me, I'd be leaning towards the boys race maybe. Um, not saying he's going to be one of these horses that wins the boys race and goes on and wins the Gold Cup, a massive improving grade one horse like that. But He's just, he's in great form and he's a horse that, you know, at home sometimes he's not the easiest to train and he kind of tells you that he's not in great form. This horse is flying. Um, tell, him, tell him he owes me a few quid from the Betfair hurdle. Yeah. <laughs> I know, forgive, forgive him, Daryl, forgive him, right? And if he disappoints you, Chatham, you can hold it against him, but forgive him for one more turn. One more turn. Um, I think, like I said, I do think that'd be the car of the boys race he runs in, but I think he'd run a big race. I'm not saying he's going to win, but I just think he's a big each way price. And in the handicaps, I think he's definitely one to keep on side. Well, there we go. I really hope that between us, we have had over the last few weeks, lots of good prices, lots of winners. And I hope that everyone who has listened can uh, have a profitable week and enjoy it. um, No no matter what the outcomes are, really. And hopefully between us all, we can, we can have a, have a winner or two. Um, that is it for Cheltenham Only Better, which is crazy. 14 episodes, like I say, hundreds of horses discussed. Um, there will be a daily racing only better throughout the festival. And also you can hear all of your thoughts, Daryl, throughout the festival on betting.betfair.com. So keep up to date with some of those sort of 50-50 split decisions. Potentially <laughs> Daryl will make a choice on the days. Um, so everyone make sure you, you check in. Um, and, and look out for that and uh, everyone also please remember gamble responsibly we're looking forward to uh, Cheltenham hugely we really hope we've raised loads of money for the Inter Jockeys Fund to um, you know continue to be an incredible charity that we are all happy to support so anyone who also wants to donate please do go onto the IJF and you can donate um, there as well 
but like I say, we hopefully have managed to, fingers crossed, raise loads of money for them over the last 14 weeks. So, yeah, thanks every, uh, everyone very much for, for tuning in. And hopefully we will be back for more very soon.